0: Hello, lovers. It's your host, Kaylee Brooks, and this is This Really Me. Today I wanted to share with you some of my musings around the pain is the gift. So I was just musing about and um, got to thinking about how (laughs) it's so interesting and I love a reframe. It's that notion, that concept, that practice has been such a game changer for me. And to move from like in anything, you know, there's a balance and um, like any tool, you know, there's, there's a possibility for a shadow aspect to be involved there too, right? So it's all in Wielding, wielding it well, and having a balance, but um, because we can move into a space of kind of higher perspectiving everything, and then bypassing our emotions, and that's that's where it gets tricky, and that's what we don't want to do, or we definitely don't want to build a house there. <laughs> is something I like to say. Um, but I was reflecting again on you know how the pain is the gift. And, you know, how I latched onto that, I really resonated with that. It just, I felt really magnetized to it, even before I understood it to the, to the level that I do now and have the relationship, if you will, um, I have with it now, uh, even though it was also kind of triggering, Right. And so something that's uh, been coming up a lot today um, is remembering and leaning into the remembering of the pain as the gift, right? And, and leaning into our triggers. And that really, you know, this game called life is a game of remembering. Remembering the truth that we already inherently know and I love this connection between this is another metaphor I love so much is that you know the acorn contains everything it needs to become the hundred year old oak tree and I had a, an idea for a children's book come through last night on a wonderful um, phone date with one of my chosen sisters who I love so much Um, and I wrote it down and I put it on my vision board because when these little nuggets come through it's it's a gift and it's not for nothing right and if we can get to the place where we're listening to our bodies and we have kind of developed the radar if you will to um, to and then the ability to read the radar right And recognize, you know, there's radar systems for boats to tell them, you know, school of fish, um, you know, that kind of play here in that metaphor for a moment of, you know, the practice of being in touch with our body and um, building and cultivating or restoring our relationship with our intuition and our body's wisdom. You know, we, we've been so conditioned to be deeply in our mind. And that's, that's the thing that gets the accolades. That's the thing that gets the praise. That's the thing that allows success in the world that we live in. And yet, especially for those of us who are feminine identifying beings, um, that pulls us very far out of our kind of natural rhythm which is to be much more in our bodies and so in a way we're we're separated from disconnected from um our kind of like home base our our natural resonance um you know kind of our our well-fitting shoes <laughs> you know um You can still walk in shoes that don't fit very well. I think a lot of women uh, have had an experience where the shoes were so cute and they didn't have the half size up or down and um, we just really wanted to wear them, right? Or wearing a a brand new pair of shoes that fit well but they're not broken in yet, right? And you can walk in them, but you may end up walking around barefoot by the end of the night or you may get some blisters or, you know, uh, you might be walking like a <laughs> like a baby deer by the end of the night. Um, and that's part of the process, right? Um, there's an exercise, there's wisdom to be learned there in the sense that okay, maybe I need to uh, put some moleskin on the heel. Maybe I need to only wear these for two hours. <laughs> maybe that's the critical mass uh, for these shoes. So, you know, good for a, a short cocktail party, but definitely not good to walk around the city. in. you know, if we can reframe that and see that you're not an idiot for wearing the shoes, like that's not kind or loving to say to yourself, Um, but you've learned that these are not longevity shoes, right? (laughs) These are not marathon uh, shoes. These are aesthetically pleasing and uh, not enjoyable to wear for extended amount of time shoes. And so just being in the practice of being in a open receptive to the lesson state of mind versus a mental rigid calculating um pass fail uh way of being right and there's you know life is about flow and flux and it's ever-changing just like the weather right like if we think of our emotions like the weather it's like it's sunny and beautiful right now and it may be a torrential downpour in an hour and you know there's ways we can guess at what might happen but we never quite know because mother nature is chaos (laughs) she is the feminine and she is not predictable and she cannot be controlled and so um what I was reflecting on was that I saw a meme and it was kind of uh, talking about how I've never known how to like moderate myself I always um, let the things I'm interested in consume me and I I deeply resonate with that and it made me think about um, my love and how I extend it and a conversation I was having with a friend, um, who was musing about like, you know, is there, um, ways that you can kind of like, uh, energetically cut ties with people like in a, in a witchy way, like, are there rituals around that? We were talking about that and I was saying, you know, I believe that there are, um, And I don't have any desire to pursue that because I view that as like, you know, if you were to go and like take an entire book and then you would turn to page, you know, whatnot, turn to chapter 12 and decide I'm going to cut chapter 12 out of this book. To my view, what, what makes sense to me is that, you know, if you're cutting a, a tie with a certain person, um, you have to go into the book and, you know, cut out every chapter that they're, they're involved in, right? And that always ends up being a lot more than we really realize, you know, um, thinking about how, you know, girls' nights that were spent uh, where this person came up in conversation, whether it was the oohs and ahs of like, oh my gosh, like, you know, the the um, the early stages, like the butterflies and being like, oh my gosh, I he's supposed to call me. I hope he reaches out. Like, I'm so stoked to hang out with him. Um, like, that would have to go in the waste bin too, right? And so realizing kind of the interconnectedness of it all and that if you were to... Um, do that kind of work, do that um, kind of ritual, that it's like you're going in and you're cutting out with an exacto blade, you know, that entire chapter, which is a form of trauma, right? You're cutting out this mass of uh, pages. And you're losing a lot of memories and wisdom and lessons and lived experience and, Um, evidence to support beliefs etc by striking that person out of your life and we got to talking about how like for me it really got me reflecting and and like I don't really know how to revoke my love from people and you know I I felt into that and carried that with me kind of through the day and it's back in my head today around like, Hmm, I wonder if there's some connection there from the fact that, um, I grew up feeling, um, like I wasn't getting the love I, I deeply desired and that I was difficult to love and that I was hard to love. And, um, but essentially I felt that there was this void of love for me. And I think perhaps there's a connection there of um, the thing I wanted the most and uh, received the least of was the thing that i um, took on and like became of um this fiercely loving person who was probably at times um over generous to the point of depletion of myself and, um, in spite of myself or, um, you know, leaving me depleted and not able to, uh, have my own needs met. And because I didn't have that modeled, um, you know, I had to kind of figure it out the long, hard way. (laughs) And yet coming into balance, it's like being able to lovingly look at it of like, how beautiful is that? Like I could shame myself and be like, oh, I'm a overextender and a people pleaser and and make those things harsh criticisms of myself and like make that some kind of lack or void in me where I can reframe that and celebrate that I have. Abundantly loved, and generosity, like and generously given and extended a wealth of love to people and people who maybe some people would say didn't deserve it, but um, you know I survived and I've and I've lived to tell the tale, and I have lived and learned to recalibrate that and to kind of make those recalculations, uh, so that I do less of that. I do less of giving to the point of depletion. Um, and I do more of making sure that I am self-sourcing and, um, and giving from overflow. And with that, you know, with that reframe, it's like, why would I ever shame myself for being a very Love, excuse me, a loving person for being very generous with the love that I give. That doesn't make me feel bad at all to think about it that way, you know. And in order to be in a place where I have a more precise calibration, I have the awareness around, um, how it feels in my body if I am overextending or underserving myself. And I wouldn't have that had I not learned <laughs> the hard way in some in some ways. Um, how not, what didn't work, right? And what if we opened into thinking of like, well, that's really the only way to achieve any kind of success, right? <laughs> you gotta just start trying stuff and you get better at it the more you do it and part of the getting better at it is learning what doesn't work right and what if we just had this light playful um, perspective around it what if it was a light playful lens that we that we looked at it through of like i know i want this i know i want this in my life and i'm pursuing it and i'm learning as i go and i'm extending grace and compassion to myself as i venture on in this journey in this pursuit of my desire like that is such a light backpack right i'm not bogged down with a rucksack full of every possible tool i may need and you know, a tent and multiple, uh, canteens and all, and a camping chair and a stove and a, uh, MREs, you know, like, or whatever they're called. I'm not sure that's the right ac- acronym. Um, but I hope you can feel the metaphor, the picture I'm painting here of like, I viewed my myself, and and I this rings true for me to um, to say that you know I'm a recovering people pleaser, and um, an over analyzer and a control freak. You know, like I tried to plan for every possible outcome, and I would always kind of say, um, I I plan I plan for everything. Like I plan for the worst and hope for the best and i kind of felt like okay i'm i'm find a balance somewhere in the middle but what i hadn't realized yet was that it takes energy to mentally plot out every possible course of action and assess what tools may be needed for each possible outcome, and then pack them up in your backpack, your metaphorical backpack, and carry them with you through each day. That's energy expenditure. And it's reminding me and connecting me in a deeper way as I share this with you, that something my my teacher, my coach brought in for me which was the safest place that you can be, the safest approach you may have, is with a wide open heart. And the first time I heard that, for sure, I was triggered. I was like, yeah, I don't fucking think so. <laughs> All of my deeply ingrained habits were like, yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't really work for us. <laughs> And yet, as I leaned into that growth edge and that um, growth opportunity, I started to realize, like, oh, fuck. You know, I spent a couple moments putting my rucksack down, right? And took a little jaunt around without it and was like, oh, fuck. (laughs) Only in taking off my metaphorical rucksack, Did I realize how fucking heavy it was? And that piece of evidence, that experience is what allowed that wisdom to really sink in, right? And I wouldn't be able to have that wisdom, that lived experience of knowing in my body that this is true if I hadn't had that experience right if I hadn't had a heavy rucksack on my back metaphorically um, and if I hadn't have ever set it down right hadn't ever been lovingly held and invited to put it down and shout out to my beautiful magical coach Courtney McNabb I love you endlessly And this to me, you know, it it speaks so much to of like what hiring a coach is all about and why it's so magical and potent and empowering is that it is being able to be held and loved in the doing of hard things, in the doing of things we have never done before in knowing that we are not flying all alone trying to figure it out, that we've got a spotter, if you will. And it really has changed my life, and it's something I, I want for, for everyone, you know, to be able to look at the things that we're so afraid to look at in ourselves and in the world, because really it's just uh, a reflection. Our outer world is a reflection of our inner worlds. And, you know, it's the power of the reframe of like, you can choose to see everything as out to get you, and out to kill you, and out to hurt you, and out to harm you, and out to cause you suffering. Or you could look at everything as a opportunity to learn, to grow, to expand, to enjoy, to experience, to embody, to, to be fucked by, to be loved by, to be mm, just in it. <laughs> and to me, it's like, you know, the masculine really wants proof. It's like, yeah, that sounds kind of cool, Kaylee, but like prove to me <laughs> that that's possible, right? It's like, all right, yeah, yeah, that sounds like that's cool for you. Uh, show me how it works first, <laughs> right? Which I totally get, um, and I've, I was totally there, and yet it's like that's what I'm here doing, right? I'm here sharing my stories with you, my reflections, um, in offering that to you, of being like, you know, I I view my my business as an extension of me. And how best to uh, show you, other than to show up and, and allow myself to be seen, right? Allow you to witness me here, as I am, in my wholeness. And the reframe is so it's so powerful. It's so simple and it's so powerful. And, you know, questions I've received, especially around like super, uh, you know, strong desire to have me prove it is kind of very much me being like, well, and I mentioned this, I think in another podcast, but the, the Bud Light, uh, commercial, like, it's only weird if it doesn't work. Right. And the proving is like, well, what possible harm could come from viewing the world this way? Right? Like, I can tell you that the last year of my life has been the most beautiful, wonderful, joy-filled, enriching, expansive, like, year of my life. And I'm so grateful. Like my 36th year and what's interesting actually is that uh, I always had a strong connection to the number 36 Um, and I have two other uh, numbers that are definitely like my favorite numbers and um, I've always really like been drawn to but there was always something about 36 and I feel like I really remember, like, remember connecting to it in like elementary school when we had to do uh, like times tables and like you know the printout homework of okay, we're doing five times tables today, and and then six and six times six is thirty six, and I was like, oh, you know, it's fun to say. There's like alliteration in it, um, which I I loved that right. Like that was still me loving. Um, a, like an analogy or just kind of a a story around something, right? The story allowed me to connect to it and, um, and how interesting that, you know, my 36th year is the year I made so many changes. I started deeply, deeply choosing myself in ways and on levels that I never had before in my life. And whether that's a little wink from the universe and quantum uh, time-leaping mechanics, I can't be sure, right? I can't prove that to you, but it feels like there might be something to that, for me at least. And, you know, what if the key to just an orgasmically abundant, bliss-filled, fucking, fucked open and like unfuck withable. <laughs> like if that if that's possible and the ticket to ride is learning to fall the fuck in love with yourself. Like to become your own biggest cheerleader, uh, greatest lover, like to really uh become master and commander of your ship in not a just a like I am the dictator of this ship because that's very masculine but also like having a relationship with your ship <laughs> a relationship <laughs> oh it cracks me up um <laughs> So beautiful it's like if that's it so you learn to fall in love with yourself to be so in love with yourself that in a really grounded centered balanced way because I, I feel you I feel you prickle at that right I can feel you through my earbuds not cockiness because right? that's false bravado and there's a slight nuanced energetic difference that you can feel right it's a bit of the the lady death protest too much kind of a feeling right you can kind of start to f- you don't know the situation they're talking about but something about it is like ah, I got a question mark popping up for me you know and so when as you get more and more attuned with your own frequencies, your own like your own personal vibration, your unique resonance as who you are that is unique to you, like like our fingerprints, right? When you understand your own calibration system and how to read the wisdom it's giving you, right? And when you start to be able to communicate with your body and be receptive. Um, and, and cultivate understanding of what it is giving you, what it is sharing with you. You also, <laughs> I, I'm a, let you in a little secret. <laughs> but the same way that as I learned to extend compassion and grace to myself, and that created a deeper well for me to give compassion and grace outward, as I learn to be my own inner bullshit meter for like, is this true or is this story? <laughs> is this love? Is this fear? Which I, you know, <laughs> very feminine, like to make, make it playful. Invite some play into it, right? Let's make a game out of this. It doesn't have to be pass or fail. You know, rigid and mean and like, nope, you fucked up. Like, that's... That's not thrive-inducing, right? And we want to fucking thrive. We want to be as big and beautiful and messy and full, swinging wildly and spinning beautifully in circles in our wholeness, like dancing in our fucking wholeness. And to do that, we've got to start, you know, pulling out the weeds in our garden of the stories that aren't ours you know what is conditioning what is programming what is my truth and we want to let my truth stay in residence in my garden and we want to pull the weeds that aren't for me that don't resonate with me that aren't my truth and i get to tend my own garden you get to tend your own garden um And in that way, as we start to feel into our own bodies of like, is this a yes for me? Some part of me wants to do it. Okay. Hmm. Take a breath. Let's get curious. What part of me feel? Do I feel like I need to do this? Or do I desire to do this? And this is another one like um, shoulds are really interesting key. The whole well, I should have done this or I should do that, says who? Who says you should? Is it you or is it your boss? Is it the patriarchy? Is it capitalism? Is it the church? Is it your parents? Is it your fifth grade teacher that told you this thing was wrong? (laughs) Who planted that seed? Do you want to keep that seed growing in your garden, now that it's a prickly vine, you know, suffocating the flowers, or do you want to pull that motherfucker up out the garden? Your choice. It's always your choice, my love. And this is what I love about a metaphor. It's like, what I'm talking about is is some heavy shit. But if I can make it playful, if I can paint you a picture that is less... Um, Kind of triggering and scary. You might, you might consider it, right? Um, and our minds like story. That's how uh, humans were designed to kind of to share wisdom with each other. So, um, all of this reflecting to really just share a moment of me being like how beautiful is it that the origin story of my big beautiful heart came out of my greatest first most substantial wounding and if that is true and it is true for me you know as far as as far as I know and I'm the only one who will right who can really know I see a direct connection there's enough evidence there for me to believe that truth and if that's true for me if my one of my greatest gifts or one of my superpowers or one of my biggest strengths is my big beautiful generous love radiating (laughs) care bear stare blasting heart of mine If that came to be in my greatest wounding, I invite you to consider what's hiding in yours. It's there. It's already with you. But what happens is that the pain, the trauma is so hard to look at that it's easier, like a grain of sand becomes a pearl, right? the sand is sharp to the inner softness of the muscle and so it it builds layers and layers and layers around it so that it isn't sharp and so that it's easier to expel right and I guess they maybe don't expel them so it's just it's part of them well I'm getting to the metaphor this is a new one it's birthing it live (laughs) welcome to my home birth um is that they don't expel it, right? So they keep it in there. And if it's going to stay with you, then we want it to be soft. We want it to stop cutting us. So we build all these stories around it, or we um, find a dark place that we can pile a bunch of shit up on it and we can forget it's in the room with us, right? Cover it in lots of veils, (laughs) lots of junk, so that we don't have to see it. Right, so we don't have to acknowledge it's in here with us. And me making light of that or making a metaphor of that is in no way to um, not honor your pain. I I honor it greatly, and I know for me talking about um, you know even my eating disorder, my history of self injury, or um, my issues with my body and body dysmorphia, and my history of unhealthy relationships with men, or the fact that my mother is my abuser. Like, these were not things that I talked about openly um, every day of my life. You know, it was a process in getting here, and something I started to realize even before I really started to actively do the level of deep personal development work that I'm doing now. Was that actually, again, back to the rucksack, it's like, you know, I kept this thing and I tried to keep it as small as possible and deny its existence and like not let anybody see it and not engage in conversations around that kind of subject matter, like just avoid it. And I thought that that kept me safe and really it just was an, an added weight in my rucksack. And as I shared the story, as I would start talking about um, my eating disorder or self-injuring or whatnot, it got lighter. It was like all it was like whittling the pearl back down, like buffing off layer after layer and, and getting it back to that grain of, grain of sand in size. And that's the whole shadow work, right? Like, that's us facing our demons. If we don't look at them, they just continue to grow exponentially. And it's scary. You know, there's a direct correlation between how long we've been denying their existence and how scary it feels to finally face them, right? Because if you think about it, it's like, well, they've had 20 years to grow and fester in there. And now I'm going to open up the, <laughs> the vault and see how big it is, how big and scary did it get. And our brain can make it uh paint wild ass pictures for us and 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 our imagination can kind of get the best of us. And what I have found is the the getting to the point of deciding that I'm gonna go unlock the vault, right? Like I'm gonna go, I'm gonna get my flashlight, I'm gonna get my spelunking gear on, and I'm gonna go face face my demons down in the locked vault of my basement. It's that part that is the hardest. And then usually when you open the vault it's like, I mean, they've grown. It's there. I can see it. But it's not as bad as my, my mind's story had made it, right? But we never know that if we never open the vault. And so I'm inviting you to consider opening your vault, feeling into, like, what if that demon, that thing, that monster that you're so scared of looked, Looking at, had a big, beautiful gift for you. But the only way to get the gift is to meet the monster. Hmm. Well, I want to thank you for being with me here today in this musing and share. I love you very much. I'm very grateful for you spending this time with me today. I hope you're having the best day you possibly can wherever this finds you. Know that you're never alone. Know that I love you. I'll see you soon. Take care.